Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. with women who inspire us. The three of us together have a lot of experience discussing real issues that affect real women. Now, we're giving you a chance to actually hear how we talk about the topics in the newsroom behind the scenes here on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. On this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know, we talk a lot about incarceration in Oklahoma, especially among women. You've probably heard the statistics. We're going to talk more on that in just a moment. More women are in jail in Oklahoma than any other state in the country. So you may ask yourself, why does this matter to me? You may not know anyone in jail, but the number of women and mothers locked up has a ripple effect on everyone else in the state and the economy. Today, we're talking about giving women a second chance and paying it forward with a special program. We're going to let a couple of ladies introduce themselves in just a moment. But first, I'm April Hill. I am the news director and midday anchor here on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Jen Townley. I'm co-host of the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And I'm Crystal Kelly, a reporter at KRMG. Okay, let's start with you, Kristen. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Kristen Suarez. I am the salon manager and grooming instructor at Muddy Paws Pets Helping People. I um, went to prison for five years for drug-related charges, and I found out about Muddy Paws while I was incarcerated. I then went to school at Muddy Paws and uh, graduated from there. Soon after, became the um, head groomer. Not long after that, became salon manager and then ended up getting promoted to um, grooming instructor. Okay, and Debbie, tell us about your background and how you got involved. Hi, my name is Debbie Davis. I've been with Pets Helping People since March of 2010 when we first opened. I started out working the front desk, and then our founder actually resigned back in September of last year. So our board of directors said, you have so much experience, we want to hire you as the executive director. And that's what I do now. Okay, so we're going to get to back to Kristen in just a moment, but first... Tell us, what is Muddy Paws? Muddy Paws is actually the grooming part of our organization. We have seven full-time groomers that groom dogs for the community. But then aside from that, we also have our student training area, and Kristen is in charge of that. We currently have nine students. We have graduated 314 ladies over the years. We'll start our 15th year in March of 2024. We have a wonderful um, recidivism rate. It's 1%, which is much uh, less than the 14% average for Oklahoma. Wow. Okay, and Kristen, let's go and get a little bit more of your your backstory. Tell us how you got into a bad way. Well, it just started off me being um, young and getting you know, mixed in with the wrong crowd. And I didn't have a bad home life or anything like that. I just started using drugs and became an addict. Um, My door was kicked in a total of four times before I went to prison. And I left behind a four-year-old little boy who was 10 when I came home. And, um, you know, prison really changed me for the better. But um, 
what you said about, you know, cycles and recidivism and stuff like that. It's just, uh, it's really, I'm really passionate about things like that because when we change women's lives, when I changed my life, um, I broke a cycle. And when we take children from their parents and we don't give women hope of a future and second chance, we're just creating more cycles. So as you were in jail, were you looking for something that would help you stay out? I was. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I was an eighth grade dropout in prison. I got my GED and went to college and I'm 20 hours away from an associate's degree now. Um, I never picked that up to finish it, but I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know what kind of career I was going to have. I've always loved every single animal on this earth with my whole heart. And so when I heard about Muddy Paws, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm so passionate about dogs and I love dogs so much. And I also get to work with women like me. So I don't see how it gets any better than that. <laughs> How did you hear about this? Is this something where people who work in the prison approach the inmates and say, hey, check this out? Did they help you try and find something? Yeah. So uh, Muddy Paws is um, affiliated with DOC and Debbie and our case manager, Christy Williams, they take trips to the prison a um, couple times a year and they go in and they, they hold a session for any inmate who's interested in the class to come and learn about it. And then they can... They know about us and they can come see us when they get out. I would imagine being in prison, it's scary to think about getting out. Do you find that a lot of the women that you work with are in that same position and maybe because you've been through it, you're able to help them? Yes, that's that's a huge passion of mine because... I'll tell you my favorite phrase. When you get to where you're going, turn around and help her too. There was once a time not long ago when she was you. So these girls, just like me and Debbie, when we got out of prison, we were in prison for years. So the world was so new. Everything was scary. We were scared of failing. We were scared of falling back to our our, our old ways. And um, these girls are like that. So we just get to kind of guide them. We get to teach them grooming, but we also get to guide them and love them and support them. And we have a case manager at Muddy Paws who helps them with getting their license back, getting their social security cards, getting their teeth, getting into the doctor. So it's not just teaching them how to groom and giving them a trade. We're helping them get their whole lives rounded out and get them ready to go back into society. So Debbie, did you spend time too? I did. I actually had a 28-year sentence and on a nonviolent crime and only had to do seven years because I was released on early parole. And I actually met our founder when I was incarcerated, and she liked my organizational skills just by a class we attended together and said, if you ever need a job, I'll hire you. So I got out the day before uh, my mother's birthday. I had not seen her in seven years. So the founder took me the very next day down to Oklahoma City to see her, and we had ice cream at Brahms. And then the very next day, September 4th of 2010, 7 o'clock in the morning, I started for Pets Helping People Muddy Paws. And are you willing to talk about what your nonviolent crime was? Yeah, it was uh, forgery, embezzlement, that kind of thing. The interesting thing, looking at you two right now, neither one of you look like you've spent time in prison. It is really, I'm shocked. I mean, I know that you shouldn't have a certain look, but we get that all the time. Yeah. Well, so, we appreciate you saying that because we, we, we don't want to look like we've been in prison. Um, but, you know, as, as Kristen said, I might uh, also comment, there's a lot of mentoring that goes on. Mm-hmm. These ladies have never had a legitimate job. So, and we like to promote that. We take mm-hmm. their picture 
when they get their first check. We also have a, a program where anything good that happens, we ring a bell, and we ring that quite often. Yeah. My, my question is, all right, so we're talking mostly about when you're getting out and the opportunities, but I am really curious about, so these people came with this organization, they came to prison. So there is help. There's, I guess, a misconception that when you're locked up in prison, you're just locked up and, you know, you'll fend mm-hmm. for yourself. Or So there's a lot of programs there to actually help you and push you along. There is. You know what? Um Can I just take a moment and say thank you so much to all the people who volunteer their time to go into the prisons and help us because... You know, you've got volunteers that go in and they hold classes and you've got volunteers. You know, my um, college professor, Mr. Graham, is where I took all my business classes and financial and managerial accounting and all that stuff. And they they I'm sure they get paid, but, you know, they they do it because they're passionate about it. The volunteers that come in to do the classes and the church services and stuff, they don't get paid, but they're passionate about it. It's their calling to come out there and help us and support us and give us option. And, you know, people like Rhonda Bear, I don't know if you've heard of Shebrews. Um, she's an assistant mm-hmm. chaplain, you know, yeah. a, a certain day of the week. And it's just, you know, without that support and the volunteers that come in, um, there, there wouldn't be a lot. So it's all about the volunteers. So when they come in, I mean, I guess this opportunity, it gives you hope. Mm-hmm. It gives you more of a future. Like, what was it for you? I mean, besides, yeah, you're learning how to groom and you have a job, but does, what what does it do for you with entering society? Um, it, it really gives me confidence. Um, having people that I can talk to, people that believed in me. If I didn't have anybody that believed in me when I was going through that transition, um, I don't, that would have been a horrible feeling, you know, but I had support. I had muddy paws. I had people like Rhonda Bear and the chaplains, and I had a whole support system of people. And I, I utilize that, you know, not everybody does. Not everybody goes to prison and wants to take every class and every program they can get their hands on, you know? So, um, the people that do, you know, it's available. If you just grab onto it, if you work hard to get it, there's people out there. And without that, um, I don't know, I would have felt really lost. How was it when you got your job, you got out, and your son saw you? That had to have been amazing to be able to show him that. Yeah, it was. You know, um, he was four when I left, and before that, I wasn't a present mother. I was an addict, and... um, you know, I would see him every now and then. I would leave him with grandma and great grandma so that he didn't have to be along with all my drug doings and dealings and things like that. So, you know, I always use drugs to cover up that hole and that pain and that guilt. Don't even think about that because it's just making me feel horrible. So I'm just going to keep getting high. But when I landed myself in prison, there was nothing I could do to to cover that up or to numb that. And that's when I realized that, you know, I sat in the chapel and I cried and, you know, I said a prayer and I said, if you make a way for me to get home and be a mother to my son and provide and be the best person I can be for him, I will work my tail into the ground and leave a crater for the world to see. And I did. And I hold on to that. And the day I came home from prison, I was waiting there for him. He come home from school. My mom picked him up and he walked in the door and he said, are you out? Are you home? Because he came to visit me often, you know, and I talked to him on the phone and we corresponded through mail. Um, And he just started bawling his eyes out and I started bawling my eyes out. And we shared a bedroom in a little tiny room where I had a twin bed on this side and he had a twin mattress on the floor. We both had mattresses on the floor. Nine months later, I got into a rent house, a three bedroom, two car garage rent house. And as of August of this year, I just bought my first home 
Oh my gosh, oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. When you had your own home, finally, and you had your own home with your son, I'm like going to cry. <laughs> what, what did that do for you? How did, I mean, I hate to say how did it make you feel, but really, what did it make you feel like? It made me feel... Um, Amazing. I was, I'm, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so grateful. The amount of gratitude, because as a mother doing that to my son, I know people say you have to forgive yourself, but I never can. I never will. There will never be forgiveness for everything I put my child through. And all I can do is strive to make up for it every single day. So knowing everything I put him through and, you know, him being without a mom for that long, um, it just makes me want to work harder. It makes me so happy when I can give him things. He loves his room. He comes into my room at night and he says, Mom, thanks for my PS5 for Christmas. I'm so happy you, I got that. That's so awesome. I'm so happy that my room is so big and so awesome. I love it so much. You know, he tells me all the time that um, he's just amazed by me. You know, everything that I've done and he's watched me do it all. And I tell him that it's all for you. You know, Debbie, tell us about the struggles you had with your families during this well, time. Well, you know, I kind of led a double life. My family had no idea that I was doing that. So it was really hard for them. And um, it's not that they didn't want to come and see me in prison, but I didn't want them to. And because of my 28 years, I actually had to go to a maximum security prison, not because of my charges, but because of the amount of years. Because you can't go to a medium or lower security until you have 25 years. So I did get transferred to the lower um, facility, Eddie Warriors in, in Taft. And, you know, but I, I like Kristen, I took advantage of every program they had. They had excellent programs, trauma. I mean, just all kinds of, of things that you could participate in at no cost to us and learn about yourself and be a better person. But in a maximum security prison, fights all the time, very scary, very what scary. What was it like the, the, oh the moment you walked in that front door? What was going through your mind? Were you terrified? Uh, actually, you get I, I had a, no, you know, I had a real calm about me when I was in um, Oklahoma County Jail. There were three ladies I will never forget. I call them my angels who surrounded me. And for instance, they wouldn't let someone try to punk me out of chicken when we had chicken. They would come around me and say, oh, no, no. You leave this lady alone. I had never met them. Didn't know them. Now pump me out. Like punk take me. her food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bully. Yeah, bully you. Yeah. So even even after all of that, when I when I got to Mabel Bassett, I was a, helped in GED and education because I had a, a professional background so I could do that. And I wanted to do that. But also I, I began to help mentor ladies, you know, and they the staff even recognized that. I'll never forget um, one of the the doctors of psychology came to me and I can't remember the lady's name, but she on, on the yard there. And she said, she's really having a hard time today. Would you mind talking to her? Because they couldn't always get to everybody on the yard. And of course I did. You know, I, I wanted people to be successful and to thrive and always have hope. That's always been my mantra is to never give up and always have hope. And as many of you know, Governor Stitt has been phenomenal with um, the things he has done to get people out of prison. Like, can you give us an example? Well, the commutation that he did, and there was a release two or three years ago where a lot of people mm -hmm. were released. And unfortunately, some came back. But, you know, the ones that did come out and, and really want to change their life like Kristen did, we find these people in transitional homes. That's where we find our students now. We used to get them from Turley Residential Center. It was a work release center, and we would actually go drive a van 
Seven days a week, pick them up in the morning at 6.30, bring them back home about 6 o'clock every day, every day. And um, we don't have to do that anymore because they closed it. But it became a little harder to find people because when they're out, there's a lot of shiny things, a lot of, you know, different, different distractions to keep them from being who they're supposed to be. So, again, that. It's what we try to impress upon them that you can make a lot of money. Ladies can make as much as $25 an hour to groom dogs. Yeah, that we it's a huge thing. And, and our ladies now, our full-time groomers, they make a lot of money. And I just want to say, too, that Tulsa community is fantastic. These ladies make fantastic tips, and they, they give the, the community gives donations to our organization. We couldn't be in a better environment for the community to embrace our ladies. They don't care where they've been. They just want to help them get to where they need to be. When uh, you, you're, you seek out some of these women to come and work with you, how often do you have openings or do you always have them or do you move people around to other places? We have open enrollment. We can take as many as 12, 12 students at one time. And like I say, currently we have nine. So every somebody is always graduating. We just had a lady that just uh, went and interviewed at a shop in Owasso and got a job. Now, I, I don't know that much about her background if she's ever had a job, but they were very impressed with her. Because we don't, you know, like just, like I say, just teach about grooming. How do you talk to someone? You know, your, your, your uh, mannerisms, you know, all of that, your professionalism. Um, and this lady has really taken it by the horn. She, when she first came to, to do a tour, we have people come and do a tour and we kind of do a, a little interview with them. She was very shy, mm-hmm. very shy. Well, now she has a full set of teeth which is something a lot of ladies that have had drug addiction have bad teeth. So we help them get that. She smiles a lot. And they thought she was fantastic out there. So she's she's got a full-time job now. So, okay, so my question is, just so I can clarify, so they go to you guys to get your training and all of those wonderful things, and then they go out and actually apply for other jobs mm-hmm. at other grooming places. Yes, we okay, actually— I we, was c- yeah, we actually place them in jobs. Okay. Petco, PetSmart, all the local uh, grooming shops. And they call us and they say, hey, I'm going to need a bather or I'm going to need a groomer when we have somebody ready. And then what is so fantastic is we have a lot of, of uh, former students who've graduated and started their own business. We have a lady who started the barking lot out east who hires our uh ladies and has been doing that for seven or eight years now and she came through our program we have a lot of people all through the state of oklahoma doing that that's a real pay it forward Mm -hmm. give back pay it forward type of a program yes when each of you went into prison did you ever think you would be where you are now not at all i always knew that um even in my addiction, you know, I had those feelings and thoughts of this is not who I'm supposed to be, but I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know how I would get to somewhere else. And then um, in prison, I still didn't know. And it wasn't till I got my feet on the ground and started doing something I was passionate about that I just flourished and I just kept growing and I kept working hard. And now here I am. And the cool thing about animals is they don't judge you. That's right. They love you unconditionally, like Debbie always says. Yeah, that's why I love the name Pets Helping People, because they do. They just absolutely love us. Like I say, they don't know where we've been. They don't care. 
Mm-hmm. Unconditional love from animals is fantastic. And Debbie, you say you've got some statistics, that, some positive statistics that you wanted to go over. Yeah, um, I already mentioned the recidivism rate. Um, 95% of our graduates do get jobs in the, the pet care industry. A groomer can make 15 to $25 an hour. And if they want to just be a bather brusher, they can even make as much as $18 an hour. Typically, it starts at $12. Um, and also, I, we haven't mentioned, but we work with the um, rescue groups. Uh, Oklahoma Westie Rescue actually comes into our facility and does adoption events on Saturdays. So that's something, too. We um, Through 2022, we had over 7, 000, nearly 7,000 hours of volunteers from the community to came, come in and help us. Uh, there's all kinds of things like that. Um, I talked about the recidivism rate. And um, I want to mention, too, that if a person wanted to receive this training, it would cost them as much as $10,500. Upon graduation, our students receive a grooming tool kit that has everything they need, like blades and um, scissors, that kind of thing. And that is at a value of $1,400. And that's something that the community helps with. And we also get grants from a lot of foundations here in town. So that helps as well. Okay. And so where can people go if they want to help, donate, apply, find you? Our address here in Tulsa is 2234 East 56th Place. Our zip is 74105. Our number is 918-749-5255. If you're interested in our program, you can contact Christy Williams at that number. She's our case manager. Or if you're interested in having your dog groomed, because we would love to welcome anyone that wants to have their dog groomed, um, they can call that number, 749-5255, area code 918, and the front desk will um, set up an appointment for them. Okay. I appreciate you ladies coming in. I don't think I've ever seen the three of us hosts this quiet. <laughs> just <laughs> listening. I know. It's I just, very inspiring it, it really and very good. interesting. It's awesome. it's, it's really cool. And I know it's not easy to talk about sometimes, too, so we appreciate you opening up with us to help others. So Absolutely. Okay. Thank, Thank you for having us. And we'll see you next time on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you for joining us once again on Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Tune in each Wednesday at 5 a.m. for the latest episode. And don't forget to drop us a review.